At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. It's a classic Parsi breakfast dish that I would say is probably considered one of the most iconic Parsi dishes. everybody, this is Marijuana Ronnie, coming to you from my kitchen in Asheville, North Carolina. Today I'll be making a curry, aka Parsi style scrambled eggs, which is linked in the show notes and on food52.com. But we'll be gathering ingredients, we'll be whisking eggs, we'll be working with spices, we'll be doing a little bit of prep work, we'll be doing this all of this alongside each other. So feel free to pause or jump back using the podcast chapters if you need a little bit more time. So the recipe calls for eight eggs, about a cup of diced white onion or red onion, either is fine, a cup of diced tomatoes, two tablespoons of diced green chilies, I prefer serranos, if you don't like the heat you can de-seed them, a cup of chopped cilantro, three tablespoons of vegetable oil, give or take, I prefer like a non-olive oil, like a non-flavored oil, so grapeseed oil, rapeseed oil, safflower oil, any of those are fine. If you have olive oil and that's all you have, that's fine also. We're gonna also use two tablespoons of heavy cream. If you don't have heavy cream, half and half is a great substitute. Maybe put a little bit extra, maybe another teaspoon or two of half and half. And for our spices, we're gonna use a quarter teaspoon of turmeric and a quarter teaspoon of cayenne. Now, I, my personal favorite instead of cayenne is Kashmiri chili powder, which is sort of a specialty red Indian chili powder that you can find at most Indian grocery stores. But if you don't want to go to the trouble, cayenne works just fine. And then kosher salt to taste. Equipment is super simple. All you need is a nonstick wide bottom pan, something that can hold at least a couple of quarts. Remember, you're cooking with eight eggs and a couple of cups of stuff, so you want enough room for it. And you want a wide bottom so that everything has time to saute and sear properly. Just a ladle, a bowl for whisking the eggs, and a whisk. So a kuri, or a kori, however you want to pronounce it, it's a classic Parsi breakfast dish. Parsis, my people, are Zoroastrians that left Persia before it was Iran, oh gosh, about a thousand years ago, immigrated to India, settled in India, migrated down to Bombay, and basically picked up the language and the culture of India, but bought their own cooking techniques and their own tastes and desires for food and integrated that with Indian cuisine. So it's one of the most renowned Indian cuisines, but unfortunately, it's also dying because the group of Parsis is getting smaller and smaller. Unfortunately, part of Parsis' religious 
belief system is to marry within the community. So unfortunately, the community is shrinking. But we're going to capture this one dish that I would say is probably considered one of the most iconic Parsi dishes. And what I love about it is that it also shows off how much Parsis love eggs. We love eggs so much, we'll put it on anything. We'll put, we actually have a phrase for it, put an eat on it, which is basically put an egg on it. So you got leftover potato chips, no problem. Throw them in a casserole, put some eggs over them. But this particular breakfast dish, you can have for breakfast, lunch or dinner, because it's savory. And it's spiced up with the little bit of chili powder, a little bit of cayenne. But it's the freshness of the cilantro, the onions, and the green chilies that really add all the flavor to this dish. Wonderful on toast. You can wrap it up in a tortilla. Uh, you can use it as leftovers. It's probably one of my favorite dishes to crank out, and it's surprisingly easy to make. So the prep here is minimal. You want to dice an onion, and you want to do a small dice. Uh, it doesn't have to be perfect. But the smaller the dice, the more easily the onions sort of almost glaze, caramelize, and then melt. The idea is for the onion to be well incorporated into the dish and not sort of these discrete bits floating around. And we're going to spend a little bit of extra time caramelizing the onions so we can get them to the perfect point before we introduce the eggs. The rest of it's simple. The tomato can be also rough chopped. Again, a small dice is preferred on the tomatoes because you, again, want them to kind of break down and incorporate with the eggs. So you, you don't want it like a salsa. You don't want chunks of uh, tomatoes in your dish. And the green chilies, I mean, I like a chunky green chili bite. I like the surprise I get from a little bit of heat in every bite. So you can dice it as small as you want to or as large as you want to. I recommend deseeding it. It just basically takes the heat out and you still maintain the flavor of the chili. So let's do a little prep. Going to dice up my onion real quick. Cut it lengthwise and then go into the dice. And make sure you always have a sharp knife, and this goes without saying, but if when you're doing a lot of prep like this, onions, tomatoes, a sharp knife is just less dangerous and helps you get your food prep properly. Indian food can tend to be one of the most prep-intensive cuisines on the planet. We all get really comfortable learning how to work with a knife in a kitchen when you cook Indian food. Pretty much every kind of Indian dish usually starts with the base of diced onions, ginger, garlic, cilantro, chilies. Okay, onions are diced, and since these are going to take the longest time to cook, we're going to go ahead and throw them in the pan right away. Let's hit our pan with about three tablespoons of oil. You can always add a little bit more oil if you find that the onions are looking a little dry. Get the oil to where it's hot enough to where it's shimmering, so medium-high heat before you put the onions in. If you stick the onions in while the oil is cold, they're just going to sort of soak up the oil and not do much and get limp very quickly. While the oil's heating up, I'm going to go ahead and dice up my cilantro. Just got a fresh bunch of cilantro. Now here's the thing. You can cut off the tips of the stems, you know, the part where it's still probably a little bit muddy and brown. Uh, but the rest of the stems, feel free to chop it up and include it with the cilantro. Um, the stems are delicious. There's absolutely no need to take the stems off and throw them away. In fact, I would argue they add more of that cilantro taste to a dish. Uh, so when you're cooking and sauteing, you put the stems in. In America, more often than not, cilantro is used as a garnish or maybe in a salsa, in which case, yes, use the leaves more than the stems. But with Indian cooking, if you're going to be cooking it down, chop up the stems. They're delicious. 
And another tip or a piece of advice is when you're buying cilantro from the store, make sure you rinse it off really well. Cilantro tends to have a lot of dirt stuck in the leaves, especially when it's harvested. So just stick it, you know, rinse it well and then shake it dry or you could uh, pop it in the salad spinner. If you have leftover cilantro, because often you bought a bunch of it from the store and you've only used a little bit of it, Rinse the rest of it really well, dry it really well. Use a salad spinner to really get the water off of it. If not, you can wrap it in a paper towel and make sure it's patted dry. And then stick it in a Tupperware container with a wadded up paper towel in there. The wadded up paper towel will absorb any of the moisture coming off the cilantro and the airtight container will prevent the cilantro from going bad. So that's a little trick for how to preserve your cilantro for more than just that one time. I can't tell you how many times I would see a bunch of cilantro, buy a bunch of cilantro, only use some of it and then see the rest of it go bad because I didn't use it quickly enough. So this helps preserve it. All right, onions are gonna go in the oil. You'll hear the sizzle. I like keeping a uh, dough scraper handy, and not because I do a lot of pastry, but it's actually a phenomenal little tool for picking up chopped piles of onions and chilies and ginger and garlic and cilantro from the cutting board. You can kind of use it as a scraper to scrape it up and get it all in the pan. Okay, once the onions hit the pan, I like to add a healthy pinch of kosher salt right at this point. So we put about a cup of these onions in. I actually had red onions today, so that's what I put in, but the recipe calls for red or white and either do just fine. I found white onions to be a little sweeter, red onions to be a little bit more sharp. It's totally a personal preference. Why the pinch of salt at this point? A couple of reasons. Uh, the salt will help the onions release the water more so that they cook quicker and, and cook down quicker. Um, it also, I'm a big believer of sort of salting as you go, and that way, if you're even halfway through the cooking process, you can taste, you know, whatever it is, the base that you're making, and just confirm for yourself whether the other flavors are in balance or not. Salt is one of those ingredients that helps bring out the flavor of other ingredients, so it's a great way to tell if you need more acid, need more sweet, need more savory, need more ginger in your dish by just adding a pinch of salt as you go. All right, while these onions are sizzling, I'm gonna turn the heat to medium-low and stir them occasionally. We're gonna go ahead and beat our eggs. Crack them on a surface, your cutting board works just fine. And when you get really good at this, you can do a one-handed crack. Just hold it one hand, tap, and with the same hand, crush, and the egg pops right out. A little rinse of the hand. We've got our eight eggs in the bowl and we're gonna give them a whisk. So what we're not gonna do is we're not gonna beat them till they're frothy. We just wanna break the yolks and whisk till it's fully incorporated. So a gentle whisk, not a vigorous whisk. Good God, that's a tongue twister. Try saying vigorous whisk three times fast. You know, Indians have a hard time saying a hard V. We don't really have that in our language. We have a soft W. So I'm constantly going around saying things like, 
I need a visa to go to India. Well, we are victorious today. All right. Well, I'm going to be victorious with these uh, Parsi eggs. All right. Eggs are whisked and incorporated. And at this point, I'm going to add a splash, about two tablespoons of half and half. Let me walk over to the fridge, make sure I have some. I usually always keep half and half in the fridge. Ah, here we go. Or heavy whipping cream. In this case, I've got both. So let's use heavy whipping cream. This just adds a ooh, little silkiness, a little unctuousness to the eggs. To make sure it smells good. Yes, our whipping cream smells amazing. Let's say about whipping cream, it'll last a while. And when it's done lasting, it'll turn into creme fraiche. There we go. A little splash of that. And whisk up. Now you notice at this point, I did not put any salt in the eggs. This is probably slightly debatable, but there's some folks that will argue that, again, salt, as we know, has a propensity to pull water out. So if you put salt in eggs while you're whisking them, it can make the eggs feel runny or have a runny texture when you cook with them and, and the curd sort of separates a little bit and they get watery as versus if you keep it this way and don't whisk too vigorously you'll have sort of a thicker curd which is what we want with this particular style of scrambled eggs. We want thick curd eggs. Okay, my onions are sautéed until they kind of start browning around the edges, are translucent. You have to manage the heat because onions, once they start cooking, go faster and faster and faster. It seems like it's taking forever in the beginning and then all of a sudden they're burnt. So you gotta really watch them stir because we're not just we're not just giving them this is a light brown. We're trying to give them a little bit of a, a deeper brown uh, than what most people are usually used to when sauteing onions. And the reason we do that is when we take them one step further and brown them to where they just really have a nice brown color all around them, not the edges, is that any kind of liquid that's added to the pan, the onions almost disintegrate and just turn into a flavor base for any kind of cooking we're doing. Alrighty. The onions look like they are getting to the point. I'm going to turn the heat down to very low so that I don't burn them while I do something else. And I'm going to go ahead and stick my tomato in there. So we set about a cup, again, loosely packed off uh, any kind of tomato, Roma's, red beef steak. Get a firm tomato because remember you're dicing the tomato and it's just easier to dice a tomato that's firm instead of one that's really sloppy and wet. But in the summertime, if the farmer's market is happening and they've got beautiful heirloom tomatoes over there, you know, go ahead and grab those and just add that extra flavor and sweetness of the tomato to this dish. But for now, any kind of store-bought tomato will be just fine. Uh, fresh tomatoes recommended. I wouldn't recommend a canned tomato for this. For other kinds of Indian dishes and cuisine, I'll actually sometimes prefer canned tomatoes, but in this case, we want fresh tomatoes. All right, my tomatoes are diced. This is a rough chop over here because they're going to melt when they hit the pan. You don't want them too big because you do want them to melt, but you don't have to be OCD about it. Again, my trusty little dough scraper helps me pick these up. And and tomatoes are in the pan. It's about a loosely packed cup. These measurements have a little bit of flexibility. What's the nice thing about Indian cooking is unlike baking or some other types of very technical types of cooking, this particular dish is rustic. It's a breakfast dish. So, you know, if you have a little more, a little less, it's not gonna make or break the dish. Mm. 
All right, so we are gonna turn the heat back up so that the tomatoes can now cook down. This will probably take about another minute or two, maybe three minutes. We're not trying to completely melt them, but we really want them soft and some of the water evaporated from it. All right, so while the tomatoes are cooking down, let's say about two or three minutes, I'm gonna take a break and I'll see you back here in a couple of minutes. And we're back. This is Play Me A Recipe. I'm Marwan Arani, and today we're making a curry, AKA Parsi style scrambled eggs. And we're coming back to the point where we were just finishing up our tomatoes, breaking down with the dish. Let's take a look. Oh yeah, I've been stirring this whole time because you do want to move them around a little bit. And the tomatoes are definitely broken down. And you've got sort of a reddish, brownish, um, base happening over here, almost like an Indian mirepoix. And we're gonna add now our green chili, which I'm gonna slice up in a hurry while I'm doing this. This is just a serrano. And we're gonna put in roughly about two tablespoons. Now, again, if you don't like the heat, you can de-seed them. And if you still don't like the heat, you can use less. The chilies are a really nice flavor. It's not just about heat. It actually adds a beautiful herbaceous flavor to the dish. But if you don't want two tablespoons, use one. If you don't want any at all, you can skip it. The dish is still gonna be delicious with or without the chilies. All right, chilies are in. And these chilies, we're not too worried about cooking these down too much because we kind of want a little, a little tooth on the chili. You know, you, nice little pop in your mouth there when you take a bite of the eggs. Okay. And then last but not least, I'm gonna put in my cilantro. So about a quarter cup, um, I mean, about a cup, sorry, of cilantro. Uh, again, loosely chopped, not too finely chopped. Um, reserve maybe a healthy pinch of the cilantro on the side for a garnish at the end there. Okay, all that's in, and now we're down to the final stage. All right, so we're gonna add our spices. Gonna put in a quarter teaspoon of turmeric. I know it doesn't sound like much, but a little turmeric goes a long ways, and a quarter teaspoon is pretty potent, especially for only eight eggs. And when you put the spices in, turn the heat down to low. And then we're also gonna put in a quarter teaspoon of cayenne or Kashmir chili powder, which are one you have access to. This once again, I would say optional, as in definitely put in at least a little bit, but if you really like things a little spicy, you can take the quarter teaspoon or maybe a half teaspoon. And if you really don't like things spicy at all, just a little pinch. But you definitely want it because it's part of the flavor profile of the dish. All right, and spices, and since they're in powdered form here, only take a couple of seconds to toast. In fact, you don't want to cook powdered spices too long because they will start to burn. All right, folks, at this point now, I have turned my pan down to low. The spices are in, everything's sizzling, everything's beautifully incorporated. I'm gonna give my eggs one more little whisk. And while it's on low, pour the eggs in, slowly, right into the center. There you go. So we're trying to cook the eggs really slowly right now, and this is the trick. You've gotta manage the heat extremely well. 
Make sure that the pan was really low. Make sure that things had stopped sizzling and were almost cooled off before you put the eggs in. Because you don't want them to immediately start cooking and seizing up. Almost think of it as making a custard. You want little curds to form as you stir and mix and incorporate the um, eggs with the masala on the inside. So if you notice that it's cooking too fast, turn the heat off completely and just constantly stir. And at this point, we're gonna add the butter. And the reason I wanted to make sure it was cold butter was because it'll cool down, again, the eggs and cool down the cooking, which is what we're trying to do at this point. This is all about managing the heat and managing how quickly the eggs cook so they get a beautiful, soft, just lovely, luscious, uh, custard-like egg dish here. So my two tablespoons of butter, I actually cut them up into little chunks. Each tablespoon can be cut up into two to three chunks and dumped them in there. And the idea isn't for the butter to melt right away. If it does, it's almost like your pan and your eggs are too hot. But if they slowly start to melt, they're doing their job, which is keeping the eggs cooled. That clicking you hear is me turning the uh, heat back on because it turned the range off for just a second while I got the butter. So there you go. So at this point, obviously curds are gonna be forming and that's fine. Keep the whole thing on low. Don't rush it. You're not trying to cook these eggs in a hurry. You're just trying to cook them low and slow and constantly use your spatula to scrape the sides of the pan, pulling all the eggs off the side into the center, folding it over and then spreading it back out again. An even distribution of heat and then repeat the process over and over again. It's almost zen-like when you do it well, and the eggs just miraculously just cook, but stay soft, and they don't seize up and turn into a hard scramble, which is what we do not want. And at this point, I'm gonna add another healthy pinch of salt, because the eggs are in, and curds started to form, and we want that flavor from the salt in there at this point, and incorporate it in well. I like using kosher salt. In fact, I highly recommend using kosher salt. Um, it's less salty than regular salt, if you will, because um, you can, you know, the granules are larger, so when you grab a pinch of it, you're actually gra grabbing less by volume than table salt, which is fine. Okay, we are nearing the end. I think we're about 20 to 30 seconds away from this being perfectly done dishes. Alrighty, okay. I'm going to turn the heat off completely because remember there's still residual heat in the pan and there's still residual heat in the eggs. If actually what I'll do at this point is if I like it, I will go ahead and pull the eggs out of the pan into a bowl so that they stop cooking because I want those eggs to stay creamy and soft and unctuous and just, you know, melt in your mouth when you, when you add it to a little piece of toast. Okay, we are done and right now would be the perfect time to go ahead and throw a couple of slices of wonderful toast in the oven so they can enjoy it with this. Beautiful akuri. Love to know how yours turned out. What you should be looking for is uh, just an almost cream-like consistency with the eggs, soft and creamy. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's breakfast for God's sake. So, you know, have a little fun with it. But if you nailed it, and I think I nailed it right now. In fact, I'm going to try a little bite here and tell you right now. Nailed it. The eggs should almost melt in your mouth, right? And then adjust for salt if you need a little bit more. Other than that, it's scrambled eggs. What can I say? They're going to be delicious. Thanks for letting me play you a recipe today. And you can find me, oh my God, all over the internet, right? Just type in marijuana Rani and you'll probably... No, don't do that. That's scary. What you actually want to do is go to 
at Marijuana on Instagram, where you can see me do a lot of these cooking videos. You can Google me on YouTube. I've actually got this video, I think, on YouTube. So if you want to see uh, this incredible, rugged, handsome-looking face and not just hear this amazing voice, um, you can do that. Uh, and there's also SpiceWallow.com, my spice company, where you can find all of the spices needed for this dish and everything you've ever dreamt of cooking. But we've got a lot of cooking videos there, too. And you can also go to ChaiPaniRestaurantGroup.com if you wanted to find out more about my uh, antics in the restaurant field. Thanks, everybody. Really glad I got to do this for you. And now I got to go feed my face with some curry. Bye, everybody.